and sunshine, rocking the good time with all our friends. Easy and carefree, out in the summer breeze, loving a simple thanks for hours on end. Right about sundown, we lay on the ground, count on the stars as they come out one at a time. Ain't this a sweet life? Hey everybody, I'm X Factor winner Tate Stevens, and welcome to the Sweet Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from music, sports, food, entertainment, and, well, just living the sweet life. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. Tate Stevens here with AJ. Yes, sir. We're going to talk about my experience on the X Factor, kind of give you a little insight of what went down and how it all worked and how it works, man. So um, I'll start with... uh, how I how I even got on the show was my wife and kids. They signed me up without me knowing, right? So we watched the X Factor, we watched uh, uh, American Idol and, and and all those shows, and and uh, we watched the first season of the X Factor. And uh, I thought it was a great show. Production was huge on the X Factor. It was a huge. I mean, lights and video walls, and it was crazy. A lot a lot more so than like American Idol. A lot a lot. Uh, bigger production uh, and the voice even so the you know we're what we watched the first season Melanie Morrow wins the first season um, really awesome and then uh, my, my wife's like why don't you do it they're coming to Kansas City they're, they're gonna have auditions in Kansas City and I'm like no nah, it's just not something I would do um, you know playing music before you know I grew up playing music and and uh, uh, was on the road uh, you know right out of high school um, for like five five years uh, you know, 250 plus days a year, uh, out on the road, man. So I'm like, this is, I'm not a, a show kind of guy like that. That's not what I would do. Right. And, uh, you know, she's, she's on me. She's like, why not? Why wouldn't you want to do it? Are you, are you afraid they're going to say no, or that you're not good enough? And I'm like, well, here's the deal. They're not going to tell me anything because I'm not going, you know? <laughs> and she's like, yes, you are here. You have to be on this date. We already signed you up. So, um, you know, I still fought it and I didn't want to do it. And then, you know, she said, I'll stand in line with you and, and the whole, through the whole process. And, and listen, it, it is a, it is a huge process. There are 25, 30,000 people standing outside of Kemper arena in March, March 17th, I believe. Um, it was cold, it was like 55 degrees, you know, <laughs> kind of drizzly. It was miserable. Yeah. So you're standing out in these big cattle gates, these big cattle pens. I mean, it's like 10,000, 15,000 people in each pen, and there's two or three of them. And it was it was ridiculous. So we're all standing out there for all day, basically. Um, and then they let you inside the arena. And then when you get inside, you sit in seats uh, around the arena floor. And on the arena floor, there's all these... Um, pipe and drape little booths set up, like 30 of them. So they, you're sitting in a section. You get a ticket, and you go to your section, right? So my section's called to go down on the floor. So once you get on the floor, um, you know, you go into a booth, and you tell them your name, and, and it's, like, very, very um, stale. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very stiff. You can't, you know, you don't really talk to them. They're like, don't try to shake their hand. Don't touch them. Don't do anything. You just go in and do what they tell you to do, right? So... Okay, so you go in, and, and, and there's two people sitting there. The first little uh, booth thing that I went into, these kids looked like they were 10. I, I, and I mean, <laughs> they were so young. They were like 20, maybe 20, 21 years old. And uh, the, the girl had, I mean, you, obviously country music was not their thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I walk in, and, and uh, 
I you know, a name, age, where you're from, what you're singing, blah, blah, blah. So I do that, sing my song, sing my little verse and chorus. It's all you get. And they kind of look at each other, and uh, if you get a, a golden ticket, if you will, if you get the, the ticket, then you sure. go on to the next round. And none it, of this was filmed? None of this was. Well, they filmed everybody outside okay. in, the, in the cattle pens. There was cameras everywhere out there, and people are walking around talking, and you know, it's, it's music's playing and, and all this stuff, right? So you go through that first uh, process, and mm-hmm. then you have to come back the next day if you get the golden ticket, then you come back the next day, um, wear the same clothes, sing the same thing, do the same thing, go stand in a cattle pen just like before. But that place smelled great. Ah, yeah. So anyway, it was good. <laughs> I mean, it was all out in the parking lot, so it was good. So uh, now it's like half the people. So the first day there was 25,000 people. You know, Now there's like 12,000 people, 10,000 people, something out there, right? So we could do the same thing, though. You go in. Now there's like half the booths. It's like 15 booths in there, but they're yeah. bigger booths. So now each booth's a lot bigger. And so the same thing though. Don't touch them. Don't talk to them. Don't do anything. You walk in. They ask you your name, your age, where you're from. Sing your song. They ask everything, and then you know, sing the same song. Sing everything. Everything's same, right? Uh, because they've been filming each thing. Uh, so you do that, and then if you get the golden ticket again. Then you go up for another audition that day um, in in front of producers. Hmm. So you wait around, you fill out a bunch of paperwork, you know, I mean a bunch of paperwork. It's huge, and it's contracts and all kinds of craziness, right? Yeah. Um, So then you get to go up to the producer uh, audition. So you go up there, uh, same kind of thing, but now there's cameras on you. You know, and these people ask a little bit more about you because in your little pamphlet you had to fill out, you, you know, what are your hobbies, what are your interests, what do you, you know, blah, 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 what do you do for work or whatever. Yeah. So fill out, and they're kind of going through your packet, and and uh, they're like, so you like hunting and fishing? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, whatever. You like sports? Sure, yeah, whatever. Um, and then, okay, what are you singing? Sing the same song. And, and so you go through that process. Then they tell you if you get – a call back. You're going to come back in June. You don't know. You don't know it's June, but they said if you haven't heard by June 10th, you're not in. Right. right? So uh, you wait and wait and wait. And, and if you get a, a text message, then, you know, you, there's a number to call on that kind of, you know, all this stuff. So, I mean, anyway, it's kind of weird. It was just a weird process. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. And then if you make it through all that, then you do the live audition and that's what you see on tv that's sure. the one in front of the judges and all the people and you walk out into the arena and all that stuff right Which is that's probably a, the easier part absolutely the easiest <laughs> that was that was kind of the easiest part because, yeah i mean it the easiest meaning you know i'm just i get to sing and i'm gonna do my thing right yeah and and it's not as stale you know what i yeah. mean now it's live and you're like oh there's people and i'm gonna yeah. you know i get to hey feed off of it a little bit before you're just in a little pipe and drape booth right singing there in front of two people just staring at you <laughs> absolutely staring you know like they could care less if you were great or not it right was, it was crazy so anyway so you make it to the live performance uh the live audition um and then you know we were there all day like eight in the morning and i was the th- there was two sessions that day it was on saturday uh at the sprint center so they moved it so now on tv world 
it all looks like it happened at the Sprint Center. Like all these people showed up and then oh, everybody gets to go in and sing for the judges. Not at all how it goes down. Not at all. It's all, they're separate and they're not even at the same time. One was in March and one's in June. You know what I mean? But I had to wear the same thing, sing the same thing and all that, right? Yeah. So luckily I didn't gain 500 pounds and my shirt still fits. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the jeans. But um, so we, we were there from like eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, and I was this. I was in the second session, and I was the th- second or third to last to go. I didn't go. I didn't get home after the audition. I didn't get home till like two in the morning. Wow, it was crazy. It was like a, it was one of the crazier days of my life. Just like the whole thing, it was mentally exhausting and and it was weird. Yeah. But, so then, obviously, that's what you see on TV, mm-hmm. right? So uh, and and then then the show kind of starts for you if you make it through to the live, or I'm sorry, you make it to boot camp. Mm-hmm. Well, then boot camp is like a week later, you know, after or after all the auditions air, you know, because all the auditions around the country, they're all happening in different times. And then they air all and they started in September. So right. your live audition, you did it in June, but it doesn't air until September. Right. So September comes all the live auditions air on TV. Then like a week or two later, you go to Florida. And, and hang out for a week down there. And and it's like every day they tell you, uh, it, was, it was pretty intense, actually. Every day they're like, uh, keep your bags packed, ready to go, ready to go to the airport. Because if you get booted off the show right now, you directly go from here to the airport and you go home. Wow. You don't even go back to the hotel. You bring, every day you bring your suitcases ready to go home, ready to fly home. Every day. And then if you make it, you take them back to the hotel Stay the night, get up, pack, ready to go home. It's crazy. It mm. is absolutely crazy. Um, and so, you know, you, you see all these great performers. I mean, great, great singers and performers and stuff like that. It's, it's a ton of, of super talented people. Right. Um, but it's television. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that it's kind of a different, it's a different world. Um, and and, and it's, so it's, it's, it's crazy. And I learned, I was learning fairly quickly. Um, I watch these people around me freak out. I mean, literally, like pan- have panic attacks and freak out. Oh, bit. And go to the hospital because, and well, what does that do? That creates great television. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was cameras ever. I mean, you're mic'd up almost all the time. Uh, your cam, you know, there's cameras everywhere. And um, so anyway, you go through the the boot camp process, uh, and if you make it out of that, then the, I think it was the top twenty five. I think top 25 made it out of boot camp. So you had, I want to say, 300, 250,000 people auditioned for that show. Top 25 go on to, from boot camp to what the judges' houses portion, right? Yeah. So some people stayed in Florida. Some of the contestants stayed in Florida another week because uh, Simon, his judges' house portion was in Miami. Oh, I see. So they just filmed it. So those people just stayed with him 
and and you know they got the call that oh you're on Simon's team you're on LA's team you're on Brittany's team you're on Demi's team whatever right and it was who they got like I was in the over 25 so LA Reed had the overs yeah you know anyway Simon had the groups so if you if they put you together and they were putting groups together you know um, they were just literally like you you and you and you you're a group now <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, so then, then they put them together, and, and they went to the judges' houses as a group. Uh, they were all individuals. They went there as a group. Anyway, so you do the group thing, or, or you do the judges' houses thing, um, and if you make it out of that, then you're on the live shows. And I want to say it's the top 16 go to the live show. If I, if I remember right, I think it's top 16 go to the live show. Um, and so... Uh, out of the judges' houses, so you, you make it through the judges' houses part, right? Mm-hmm. Which was stressful. You're, you're. We were in L.A. Uh, for L.A. Reed's house part, and then they always bring like a superstar in to to help the judge, you know, kind of pick his people. Right. And we had Justin Bieber uh, was our guy. <laughs> we're over 25. <laughs> the kid's like 19, right? It was awesome. And he's a good guy, dude. He was super good, very talented person. I mean, super talented kid. Mm. Ridiculous. But uh, super nice, funny. And and uh, anyway, so so we had uh, we had him, and, and he came in, Scooter Braun, his manager. Um, we didn't get to talk to him too much. They wouldn't kind of, you know, uh, they wouldn't let him kind of come have a lot of conversations with the the uh, contestants and, and stuff. So anyway, um, you know, you make it through that. And that's a pretty stressful time because if you get to go to the live shows, then the world's going to get to see you, right? Right. And if you don't, well, then you're just part of the show. You got to go home, right? right. And your bags are packed already. Literally, they would leave there, the production house that was supposed to be L.A.'s. You would leave there, and they would take you right to the airport, and you'd fly home. Man. Crazy. Cold. Crazy. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, made it, obviously, through to the live shows and, and eventually won the X Factor, uh, won the whole thing. So, it was a crazy ride. It was a great ride. Um, I wouldn't do it again. Uh, and people are like, oh, man, would you do it? No, no, not at all. Would never do it again. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm so glad and I'm so thankful. I, I, and I can't complain for what it's done for me and my family and, sure. and my career and everything like that. But... Mm-mm. No sir, mm. no sir. Uh, but it, it was like I said, it was a great experience and sure. and, and everything like that, man. So um, it, it was weird because the first season they didn't have a country artist on, you know. And then I come in with a cowboy hat and sing a country music. All right. I'm like, this is not going to end well for me, <laughs> right? They're going to keep me around just long enough to have a country thing on their show, right? And and then they're going to let me go, right? That's what I was thinking the whole time, every week. Every week, I'm like, I'm going to go home this week. I'm going to go home this week. Well, oh, you won in votes. Tate, you had the most votes this week as of any other contestant. Yeah, but not next week. Yeah. Not next week. I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, next week, you did it again. Two times in two weeks in a row, you're the number one. You had the most votes. I'm like, yeah, not next week. And every each week, it was like, then I went to second. I had the second most votes. And I'm like, here it goes. I got two two shows in, and then it's going to start falling off the planet, and then I'll be gone, right? And then it went back to number one, and I stayed there. Yeah. And, and it was kind of it was crazy, but that that right there tells you that the country music fans that watch those shows, they show up. Yeah. And and and, and uh, the story, I mean, just right. So we're talking. It's it is a television show. Sure. It's it's a it's a uh, reality TV show. Yeah. So, um, you know. I thought my story was just going to be fairly boring, 
you know, because we have a normal life. My yeah. wife and I and our kids, you know, we, we we both worked. You know, I played music on the side on the weekends, you know, and did that. But uh, we had jobs and we were parents and went to football and baseball games and whatever, you know, plays and stuff, whatever it was that our kids were involved in. That's what we did. That was our life. And and so I thought that was going to be fairly boring. So I was trying to figure out how to spice my life up, you know, because they were like, so, <laughs> Tate, like, what do you guys, what do you guys normally do? You know, like, do you guys, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm like on the weekends or something. I make breakfast. And, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm trying I to like figure. Like eating out. food. Yeah, you know. But you know what I'm saying. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm really, you know, I, I do a lot of cool stuff. I skydive every other day, and I, you know, what I mean, no, I don't do any of that stuff. You know what right. I mean? I'm like, and, and and but it was, you know, I don't know. They, the people that came out to film some of our stuff at home at the, in the in home thing, they were like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome, and I'm like. Yeah. This is boring. I'm like, I was, you know, I thought they'd be bored to death with how we lived and and how we were, you know, just kind of how we lived our everyday life. They were like, this is awesome. You guys eat dinner together? I'm like, yeah, as much as we can. Who does that? But no, I really, mean, really, I mean, to them. She, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they, that was a foreign thing, you know. Sure. Um, we went to a football game. Hayden had a football game, you know, and we went to the football game. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you guys you guys both go to the football game. And I'm like, that's what you do, right? I don't know, <laughs> you know, I don't know any different, right? So right. anyway, I thought our story was going to be boring. And, and you know, uh, and Ash and I being high school sweethearts, so that's kind of – that's a real thing. And um, – you know, and all that, that, that all was real, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, I was worried that, you know, they were going to spin me to be something different, you know, and I, the whole time I'm like, man, look, I'm not, I'm not cool. I'm not a cool hip dude, you know, um, I I wear boots and jeans, man, and baseball caps and cowboy hats when I play music and you know what I mean? I'm like, that's kind of the charm of it though, really. And, and I think maybe that's what, you know, uh, Apparently, people, you know, could relate. Tate Stevens, you have won the X Factor and a $5 million recording contract. Tate, what is going on in your mind right now? Um, first and foremost, I got to thank the man upstairs uh, for taking care of me. Uh, my family, um, all the country music fans, God bless you and, uh, Thank you so very much for all the votes, and this is uh, this is the best day of my life. And, and let me just—I remember one time that uh, it was some uh, a publication. They they said uh, I was doing a um, interview for Rolling Stone magazine, and uh, the guy from Rolling Stone was like that was doing the the interview with me. He said he's like, dude, I heard something awesome, and I'm like, what is that? And he said they called you. A, the sex symbol, a sex symbol of the flyover states. <laughs> I'm like, and at first, I'm like, what? You know, I'm thinking, wow, I, like I'm somebody's sex symbol. And then I realized, and that's kind of a really backhanded compliment. You know, mm-hmm. of the flyover state. So I'm only, you know, I'm only good looking from 30,000 feet. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, no, it was kind of weird. So, um, but, you know, like I said, the, the X Factor show, um, after winning it, my life was turned upside down. 
and and uh, in in a good way too. I mean, not just all bad. It was it was it was in a in a good way, and and people are like, oh man, it must be nice. You, you know, you're oh you know you have all this money now, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. But yeah, I didn't. I don't. You know, somebody's got a lot of money. I ain't got a lot of money. You know, they're like, oh, you won this $5 million? No, it was a $5 million recording contract. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a little different than what you think. Now, I I did get a a decent purse out of it as far as, you know, a a prize money um, as a, as a, uh, an advancement on record sales and things like that. But, um, which, which was awesome. Um, and like I said, I can't complain of anything that happened to me on that show or after the show. I mean, you know, my life is, I have a great life and we have a sweet life, you know, no mm-hmm. pun intended, but right. we do, we we have a sweet life and, you know, we still have our issues like everybody, you know, um, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been great since the show and, and before, you know, before my, my life was great before the show and it's been great after the show, you know, just there's some different um, dynamics now. Um, sure. Obviously, uh, you know, you go places, people know who you are. Um, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't complain about it. I don't, I don't bitch about it at all. I just kind of do what I do and keep my head down and, and, uh, hopefully make, continue to make great music, uh, you know, uh, at all costs. But, uh, yeah, man. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, man, I'm excited about this show. I think I think our podcast is going to be uh, pretty neat. I hope the I mean, best in the world, the best in the whole world. <laughs> I want to be that voice guy. And now the best in the whole world. Um, no, I mean you know because we are going to have music and I'll have my buddies on uh, and as many as I can get on that'll do it. You know, uh, and, and and talk to us about their journeys and stuff like that. And and uh, you know some more famous people and. Uh, you know, singers and songwriters and, and musicians and whatnot, and, and just my friends and uh, kind of all walks of life, man. We're, you know, uh, that's why that's why in the intro it says, you know, it's going to be music and food and entertainment and sports and, and all. I mean, it's just going to be everything that, that encompasses my life, you know, and, uh, and what I'm interested in and, and what we like doing and what other people like doing. And we'll talk about all kinds of stuff, man. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be yeah. a good, good time. So, you know, nothing's off limits here on this one. We're, we're doing it all, man. So, yeah, awesome. The power of a love song can make you believe. The power of a love song, it can change everything. It can right every It can take you back. So Power of a Love Song was my first single to country radio after the show. So, yeah, uh, great song, huge song. Jeremy Bussey, uh, one of the writers on it, uh, great writer. And um, went to country radio with it. If you heard it on, on the radio, I hope you liked it. If you heard it for the first time, a little piece of it right there, I hope you liked it. And you can pick that up at any uh, anywhere you get music, you know, um, Apple Music, wherever, uh, iTunes, and all that. So, yeah. So that was our first single. I was on the Sony Music Group. We were on RCA. That was the imprint we were on. Um, so, which was crazy because we get to to RCA there in Nashville, the Sony, uh, the Sony building, and I'm I go up and I'm walking down the hallway, and here's all these records and of you know Alabama and all Keith Whitley, and mm-hmm. I mean just 
people that I'm a huge fan of, and and it's just like you know Waylon Jennings, and it's crazy, man. And I'm like, holy cow, you know. To me, in my head, I'm like, this is this is like, you know, I'm in heaven right now. Right. I'm, just, I'm, I'm walking. This can't, it doesn't get any better than this, right? So. We go and we sign the contracts and you know take all the pictures and do all that stuff and I meet everybody in the at the label and 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 all that so it was great and then I get a guitar, you know have a guitar and and uh, I do like a little impromptu fifteen or twenty minute uh, thing for them for everybody at the label right yeah and uh, so uh, it, I mean it was really at that point you know and um, uh, we do this we do this uh, the show. Um, this is going to be in, uh, April, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was April, no, February, it was in February, I believe, uh, for a uh, country radio seminar, right? CRS in Nashville. Oh, yeah. So, um, which all the radio stations come in, all the PDs and music directors go to Nashville and you, you know, you go and you do these big interview things and, you know, we get to meet everybody at, at radio and there's big seminars going on and, and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So every artist is in town, right? So uh, we have our own little uh, show thing set up, and it's the Sony Boat Show, right? So all these PDs and stuff are on this boat, and then all the artists are on the boat, right? So, um, and they had, I can't remember how many artists are actually on the the thing that performed, but I was one of I got to perform "Power of a Love Song" our first single, right? So. I perform uh, "Power of Love" song. Kelly Clarkson's on the on the boat. Chris Young's on the boat. Paisley's on the boat. Uh, Miranda's on the boat. Uh, Blake was on the boat with Miranda. No pressure. Uh, yeah, no pressure. And Ario <laughs> Speedwagon. Oh, yeah. One yeah. of these things is not like the other. And, no, listen, dude. So they closed the show. <laughs> oh, wow. Ario Speedwagon closed the show, and I remember standing next to Kelly Clarkson and on the side of the stage, just absolutely rocking my my face off, right. And uh, huge, huge Ario Speedwagons fan, and and I, I'm singing every song, and she looks at me, she looks up at me, and because she's like four foot tall, little bitty, she looks up and she was like, you know every word, <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely, this is, I'm loving it. Well, then they let us, they let us come out on stage and sing with them. Oh wow, dude! I'm standing right up front. I'm see, I'm that guy, right? I'm that guy. I go right to the front of the stage, and I'm just sitting there, just wailing away. You know, keep on running. I'm just going right. <laughs> it is awesome. I uh, live in my best life right there. And uh, I remember looking back, and and Brad Paisley's back there, you know, playing guitar. And I'm like, come here, man, get up here. And he's just looking at me like, no, you idiot, no. <laughs> and oh yeah, dude. And I'm like, whatever, I'm up here, woo, you know. Uh, and and uh, um, I'm in in the lead singer for Aria Speedwagon, uh, Kevin. Um, God, what I don't remember his last name, Roland, something like that. Sure. Anyway, yeah, that dude. <laughs> I can't remember. He looks either. over at me with this big smile, and I'm sure it's fake, right? I'm right. sure the smile's fake, like, oh, my God, why did we do this, right? <laughs> and I'm up there just, I'm up there rocking, hand on the microphone, holding the mic stand. I'm, I'm about to start twirling the mic stand like Eddie Montgomery from Montgomery Gentry. I'm about to do those <laughs> tricks, right? I'm freaked out. Then I'm up there jamming with Ario Speedwagon, and... uh 
Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was that was a great night. Well, you mentioned uh, Kelly Clarkson. Did she have any advice for you coming from another? You know, we didn't. I would, that was the only time I talked to her. It was oh, just really? right on the side of the stage. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of they had like a, a green room set up oh, okay. um, for all the artists, and and we were back, and I actually talked to Brad Paisley for for quite a while. I sat back there with him and talked to him, and super nice dude. Oh sure. my god, just great guy. Um, and he gave me some advice, you know, and and. Uh, um, we talked about some some things uh, that he had kind of went through early mm-hmm. on in his career, and, and he's like, "I'm sure you know you're going to go through the same kind of thing, and sure. and this and that." So he was he was super nice uh, to me, and met Blake. That was the first night I ever met Blake Shelton, and uh, um, you know he was kind of he was rude to me. Actually, it was kind of weird. No kidding. Yeah, it was kind of rude to me. It was weird because I, I said hi to Miranda, and she was super super cool. She was like, "Oh hey." Blah, blah, blah. And I walked up and he was getting a drink at the bar and I walked up and he kind of turned around and I was like, Hey Blake, I'm Tate Stevens. He goes, Yeah, I know who you are. And that was it. And he walked <laughs> off. <laughs> and I'm like, no, uh, okay. okay. Uh, well, all right, never mind then. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, never mind. I'll, that's I'll, awesome. I'll go. But Chris Young was off, you know, he was cool. Uh and and, and of course I'm a huge Chris Young fan. Mm-hmm. Like his music, man. He's a great singer. Oh my gosh. Um and I actually ended up uh writing uh writing with Chris. Uh we did some songwriting together and wrote a really good song um that I wanted to cut for my that first album, the Tate Stevens album. Um, and it just didn't make it. And so I was going to cut it again on the next project that we were doing. And um, uh, an artist had it on hold for a little bit. And uh, so I didn't cut it. And then they didn't cut it. You know, so it was like, oh, okay. You know, and I'd already finished my last project that I was doing. Um, so I didn't cut it again. But I actually want to cut it because it's, it's a really good song uh, called Wasting Time. And, and um but it's, you know, like I said, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, Chris is a great writer too, really sure. good songwriter, really good songwriter. Um, and uh, so, yeah, man, it was uh, like I said, I can't complain about what the X Factor has done for me and my music and my career and everything. And up to this point, you know, like I said, it's 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 ever changing. Uh, you know, so after the Sony day, after our Sony uh, time at Sony at RCA. You know, like everything, everything comes to an end, you know, yeah. and it was a little quicker than what I wanted it to be from Sony, uh, from RCA, because I, I just, I thought that, you know, um, I had a lot of great songs on that first record, on that first album that, that I, I wanted, you know, to see the light of day. And I didn't, I wrote, I think I wrote three or three or four on that, three, I think I wrote on that first album, um, or co-wrote and, and, um. And there was a couple of them. I'm like, man, this is a great song, very country, and and uh, you know, very much, very much me as far as an artist. I thought, you know, I thought I'm like, this is kind of me, and, and I had uh, can't get nothing done. The song I wrote, so I can't. I wrote, we wrote that uh, me and Phil O'Donnell, Phil Billy. Um, uh, you you hear me talk about Phil Billy quite a bit because um, he's written huge hits for George Strait and Blake, Blake uh, Shelton and a bunch of other people. Uh, Craig Morgan produced Craig's albums. He's a big producer, too. He produces a lot of people. And, and um, he's the one that actually, uh, Phil Billy, was the very first guy I wrote with in Nashville when I got after the show. Uh, he he right away reached out and, and uh, super sweet guy, man. And, and he's funny and just a good dude. And um, So, yeah, so uh, – we we uh, I mean I got 
I got to I got to do a lot of things at Sony, and, and but there was a lot of songs on uh, on that first album, that RCA album, that I wanted to to see. You know that I I thought deserved. You know, to see the light, man. To to have their have its time, and you know, like I said, can't get nothing done was one of them. Uh, Ordinary Angels was the other one. Ordinary yeah. Angels, man. God, what a great song. I didn't write it. Had nothing to do with it. But I was. It was just one of those songs that would was pitched. You know, and and so in in you know, uh, picking songs for that first album, writing. I was doing two or three writes a day. We only had a short period of time, so everything we were doing was really quick. You know, I mean, it was like got to have the first. The first single done, the first this uh, this song done, and we had to shoot a video for Pepsi, for the Grammys. Uh, holler if you're with me. Holler if you're with me. Uh, yeah, and so, um, the and then that became the SEC uh, basketball tournament song. So during all the commercials, you know, during the SEC basketball commercials, you they they were playing that on TV. Holler if you're with me and stuff. It was pretty cool. So, um, and it was on. It was a Grammy. Uh, it was a commercial during the Grammys. You know. Uh, that Pepsi did with us, and anyway, so um, you know, we we I was doing so much and picking songs, and you know, like I said, writing so much and and listening to hundreds and hundreds of songs, man, hundreds and hundreds. Um, funny story, uh, <laughs> I get a song. I, I it was weird. I I, yeah, I was getting songs as soon as I won the night I won the show. I was getting songs sent to me from my friends in Nashville. <laughs> you got to cut this song. It's a big hit. Cut this song. Cut this song. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And so strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, yeah. No, they were absolutely. Yeah. You have to. So, so I get this song and and um, <laughs> I, I'm listening. You know, I'm listening to songs and songs and songs and and you kind of lose track of where you heard a song or where you maybe lost one in an email or something. Right. So I, I it just went away. The song went away. And I couldn't, I didn't remember, you know. So picking up songs, picking up songs, and we get our, our 11 that we're doing for that album. And um, going to cut them. And then my buddy Craig Morgan, uh, <laughs> he comes out with a song a few years after that. And I'm, I'm in my truck here in, at the house, you know, I'm going up to, to the store or something. And they were like, hey, brand new Craig Morgan song. You heard it first right here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I hear this, man. Bang, bang! This like alarm going off, and then the music starts right, and, and I hear da 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 da, da. and then, you know my friends call me up because they know I'm down. Take me out to paint the town to help me get over it. Well, I'm singing the song, <laughs> and I'm like, how is this a brand new song? If I've heard this before, yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what? And then the chorus, you know, I'm just gonna wake up loving you. So I'm like. I know this song. Why do I know this song? So I just happened to go back and I started looking through emails. Boop. Find the email. Mm. Right? Ouch. Wake up loving you. And I'm like, are you kidding? Matt Ramsey from Old Dominion wrote it. Mm-hmm. And they pitched it to me the night I won the X Factor. And I, I just, they just kind of got lost in the shuffle. So that's a hit record that I didn't do. <laughs> So um, you know, like like a lot of artists, it happens to a lot of artists. Uh, they they get pitched songs, and and they some of them even record the same song. Like Garth Brooks and Mark Chestnut rec- both recorded "Friends in Low Places." Yeah, Garth released it before Mark, and it became a hit. Obviously, 
for Garth, and and uh, so no one really knows Mark Chestnut's version of it. Snooze, you lose. Yeah, kind of, kind of. <laughs> so it happens to a lot of artists, but that's another uh, another show, another uh, talking point for another show. We can do a whole series of that because there's so many artists in all genres, not just country music, but in all genres that, that things like that happen to, uh, that songs get pitched to other people and, or to two or three artists recorded at the same time, mm-hmm. and then labels kind of fight over who's going to release it. It's not going to be a single for this one. It's going to be a single for this one or, you know, whatever, yeah. and, and things happen. So, But, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate everybody listening uh, to this very first episode of the Sweet Life Podcast uh, with Tate Stevens and A.J. Kronk. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, stick around. There's lots more. We have so many more things we need to talk about and and all that on future episodes that'll come out um, shortly. And uh, so make sure you follow me on Tate Stevens CTRY on Twitter, uh, Tate Stevens official fan page on Facebook, Instagram, Tate Stevens CTRY. Mm-hmm. Same as Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really smart, so I can't remember all the other stuff. So anyway, all right. Thank you guys for listening and uh, stick around. There's lots more coming. Ain't this a sweet life? Hey guys, thanks for listening. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Well, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter with hashtag SweetLifePodcast. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest news and information for the Sweet Life Podcast. And we'll see you next time.